0: But they, it's Cobra. It's it's really just like dude's a superhero. They're able to kind of champion that, I think, and um, it, it, it lends to itself being very wild and uh, exciting and very action packed.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Bomb Squad podcast, where today we'll be attempting to claim the seven million Petros bounty on Osama Dezeki's 1982 anime classic, Space Adventure Cobra. I'm your host, Ethan Hawker, and with me I have-
2: Hi, I'm Austin Sweebelman.
1: I'm Tim M. Sullivan. And joining us today, we have a very special guest. Hey, it's Shaves.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Shaves
1: popular uh, video essayist uh, Annie Tuber, if that's a title title you'd uh, like to impose, and associate producer with uh, Discotech Media, amongst a myriad other things, I'm certain. You're a busy guy. And uh, the reason I invited Shabes in particular was um, because of his um, Osamu Dezeki video uh, discussing particularly the visual techniques and motifs uh, employed by that particular director, um, which I watched around the same time I was writing my um, undergraduate thesis on um, the works of Osamu and I intentionally didn't watch it until I was finished because I'm like, I'm going to crib things from this on accident. And I don't Fair. want to. Fair. <laughs> Fair. James, feel free to um, uh, shill. Uh, give us your brand. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, viewers at home.
0: Yeah. So my main channel is caribou I've been doing it for about five years. And uh, don't expect too many videos on there lately because uh, I'm knee deep. We're waist deep or neck deep into working on a very big Naruto video where I just talk about things I like. <laughs> it's just the <laughs> things that I liked about it. I have watched it last year. Believe it! Usually I'm more active on my second channel, Shapes, where I, every week I'm doing this series called AnyTube Digest, where I go over the best and not so best anime YouTube videos to come out every week. Uh, so, the kind of podcasty, you see my face and things like that, enjoy that. I also do live streams on that channel. I've been going through the entire anime encyclopedia, both versions, but you know, the one from, from 2001 as well as the revised edition. Literally reading the whole thing and sharing my thoughts about, about <laughs> it because it's a little interesting. It's quite interesting. The sacred Jedi texts. Oh,
1: read them, have you?
0: Guess they got it wrong! Guess they guessed wrong! And then, yeah, I for for an actual job, because I don't really like doing YouTube for a business because good Lord, I would not be good at it. I am an associate producer. Yeah. Well, I work at Medios OCD, which mostly works on discs for Discotech Media, as well as Anime Limited uh, done a couple of their UK releases. I think I could say now that I worked on that Evangelion release that they had. I help with various things there. I've done some special features for them and then other IRL things. But that's. All the things that you probably care about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, a um, lot, of, lot of cool stuff. I'm very much why we figured you'd slid, slot in pretty perfectly here. And of course, we'll scatter links to your channels in the description and everything so people can check out your work because it's pretty great. But sort of shifting back to um, the reason for the invitation, is Isomo dezeki and his film, Space Adventure Cobra, one of many great films uh, from him. Before we dive into the usual questions and thoughts, um, I would like to just sneak in a quick um, sort of brief history section on uh, both Cobra and Dezuki. So I'm just going to get straight into that regarding uh, Dezuki, the author, Buichi Tarasawa and the film itself. Dezuki, in short, is one of the most significant anime directors of all time. Maybe the most, um, depending on your predilections. He starts a career in the youth of the medium of, like, what is modern anime with Astro Boy, or Tetsuan Atamu if you're <laughs> a stickler, um, at Osamu Tezuka's Mushi Pro, um, juggling work as an animator, storyboard artist, and episode director. He makes a name for himself with his first series as series director on um, Ashita no Joe, one of TV anime's first real masterpieces. Um, And then he gets the hell out of Mushi Productions before it falls to pieces um, because Osamu Tezuka was a nice guy who paid well uh, but did not know how to handle money to save his life. Uh, He would go on to co-found Studio Madhouse, you know, one of the big big names for not just anime in general but like really high quality anime and developed titles like um, essential shoujo works like Aim for the Ace, um, children's works like Adventures of Gamba um, and even classic literary adaptations um, like Treasure Island. And on those he would develop and refine a lot of his working techniques. Uh, he would storyboard a lot of his own work um, so it's very much his distinctive visual style and he always brings a uh, certain cinematic predilection to his work. He's admitted to not watching much anime aside from his own work. He mostly likes live-action movies, particularly Bicycle Thieves, is one that he mentions in several interviews. Like it's when he really fixates. Also, Solo, he apparently likes Solo. Uh, good for him. It is a very well-shot film. Uh, it's, it is an art film, uh, despite being hard to watch. Uh, but he kind of pushes it even harder as a uh, you know, in animation. You can really push things a lot more. And just, you know, again, a brief pause. Uh, check out Shaves video if you want to learn more about the specifics of those techniques. Um, lots of good stuff there. Just sort of, it's one of those things where. Where it makes you appreciate uh, the work a lot more um, and, you know, in an audiovisual video essay format, um, you can get an understanding of it a lot more readily. Um, I also recommend Tech uh, Media's release of uh, Lupin the Third, Bye Bye Lady Liberty, which has a great commentary by Mike Toole where he goes over a lot of those techniques. Um, and that one's particularly relevant because Bye Bye Lady Liberty doesn't have Akio Sugino, who was a frequent collaborator with Dezeki. So you can see that it's mostly um, Dezeki's work, like a lot of his signature flourishes. Leading in the 1980s, uh, Dezuki was wrapping up production on Ashita no Joe 2 when he and Sugino. Um, the animation director and character designer for nearly all of his work Lupin III is an exception were approached to create a pilot based on uh, Buichi Terasawa's manga, Cobra. Terasawa was a former assistant to Osamu Tezuka um, and had created the Cobra manga in 1978 just as Space Battleship Yamato and Star Wars left a huge impact on uh, Japanese popular culture indulging in tropes of pulp and spy fiction, uh, Terasawa's eclectic pick-and-mix of elements from Star Wars, Flash Gordon, the Derek Flint films, uh, Barbarella and Lupin on the Third was a considerable success and the perfect groundwork for an animated series that could capitalize on the existing audience of uh, Tokyo Movie Shinsha's Lupin on the Third while also dra- drawing in a more uh, science fiction oriented audience. After developing a pilot in 1981 to prove the viability of this potential series, footage of which would be featured in the film's teaser trailers, just a fun fact. Um, Dezuki would develop this feature film and a later television series to premiere in July and November of 1982, respectively, while Tarasawa would be much more involved in the production of the series. To his chagrin, uh, the film would be much more tightly controlled by dezeki for his forced foray into the wild and wonderful world of space fantasy. And that feel, now over, let's dive right into the questions. Yeah, that's right. I'm Cobra. You still looking to take my head? What were your expectations going into the film, whether it be for the first time or as a revisit? Let's go with Tim to start us off here.
3: So I hadn't watched this movie before, but I do have like a bit of history with Cobra. A few years back... I watched uh, Space Adventure Cobra the TV show on Crunchyroll and it was during a time when I was trying to get into more of the like classic stuff that they had on Crunchyroll so I was watching Cobra, I was watching uh, Captain Harlock, I watched Rosa Versailles, Beast King Golion which is the only Voltron thing that I have watched I think in particular Cobra and uh, Captain Harlock stood out to me because of their protagonists, and like I know that we have like a whole question dedicated to that later. But like I think that Cobra is definitely a show that you come back to because he is just such a charming protagonist to follow, and like he's Han Solo meets James Bond meets Mega Man, which sounds like such a weird combination, but it's great, and he sells it so well. And then a few years. Maybe 2018 2019 I watched the two thousand eight to two thousand ten stuff uh Cobra the animation which I couldn't tell you a thing that happened in that if you paid me but it's basically just like if you like Cobra, you'll love seeing him in this uh, slick neat new animation so you know just just fun adventures with Thorrand Cobra So
2: <coughs> I to What the hell was that?
3: Expectations on this movie, I basically understood it to be like, they made the movie before they made the TV version. So I was just kind of expecting it to be sort of along the lines of stuff like uh the fist of the north star movie or x1999 or the escaflowne movie where it's like a very condensed version of the story that you don't really get too much characterization with but it's just a treat for the eyes with a a much higher animation budget uh just very gorgeous cell animation maybe a little bit more violence and nudity Uh, i went in just kind of expecting a fun ride and i'll uh Tell you more about that later or
1: back to you Ethan. Yeah, that's fair. Good to know that you've revisited the television series. That definitely helped your understanding of this film in particular. Um, Austin, what were your thoughts, um and expectations going into the film?
2: Well, Ethan, I haven't seen shit. Uh, this was my first time visiting Cobra in any capacity. My classic anime intake is almost exclusively limited to what we cover on this podcast. So my head calculus was, this was two years before Nausicaa. It's tied to an oncoming TV show and people loved Izaki. Uh Like the film hadn't come up in any of my research like before that this was a landmark moment in anime. So I guess that It was going to be the story and the characters that carried this film. The space pirate,
3: Cobra, was killed over two years ago. Hey, that
0: was just a rumor. You know how it goes.
2: Unlike Macross last time, where my eyes were, like, glowing the entire time I was watching it.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. Sort of an earlier take on that sort of thing. I, I wonder how that shook out, the the emphasis on the characters, for sure. Um, and, Shames, what were your expectations walking in, into the uh, feature film adaptation, Space Avenger Cobra?
0: So, when I first watched it was in 2019. I double-checked on my uh, Kitsu. <laughs> I watched it at the end of the TV series because I watched the TV series alongside other sci-fi series that were about the same length. I do I did this kind of pat, watch pattern in order, you know, I have various strategies of watching anime to help me progress and help me complete things. And one of those things is to kind of watch similar shows of similar lengths kind of bunched together so you start them all at the same time and end them all at the same time. So I'm pretty sure Cobra was one of those quads, as I called them. I, I watched three other shows together. But I also remember I was actually watching Votoms around this time as well. I, I remember I watched this at the end after watching the TV series because I, I prioritized that and I was thinking like the, uh, the movie would be like a treat. And I was shocked. I kind of was blindsided for some reason that it was an alternate version or alternate telling of a story arc from the show. I think I knew that, it, that Crystal Boy was in it, but for some reason I didn't expect it and how different it was. It's actually substantially different from the story that's in the show. Uh, that's like spans multiple episodes. So that was surprising, and I, I don't know. I, I did I did very much enjoy it for that. My only weakness: dying. Rewatching it for this podcast, I had I, I think it's funny. Space Vendor Cobra. This movie is the first anime film to be released in 4K in the United States alongside Oshinojo 2's movie that was in 4K and I think some others. But Cobra was the first one that Discotech had released uh, and that anyone had released in the United States. So it was a really big deal for that. And I was so happy and excited that it was an Osamu Dezaki film of all things. You know, it could have been Akira. It could have been any of the Ghibli films, but now it was this one. I was really happy about that. And so I obviously bought it. And um, I didn't have a 4K TV at my place. Some mutual friends from college. I kind of brought the, the film over at some point. And I just wanted to show it to them of how cool it was, like how like neat the film is in terms of like the restoration and 4K and everything like that on their 4K screen. And we just ended up watching the whole movie anyway. Like they were actually really intrigued. And uh, so that was my second time watching it. It was kind of a delightful surprise. And then, I, I watched it for this podcast for the third time. By now, we have a 4K screen and or OLED in our house and that's because my roommates are big video game guys and big tech guys, so we all pitched together, the three of us, to buy this TV. I decided to, why, I own it, so why not, right? You, <laughs> rare. <laughs> and so that was great. And it was fun because like having it in the living room, I don't really do it that often. I don't really use their PS5 and do the whole thing. I usually just kind of keep to myself. And so like there were some times where they would walk in occasionally and they're like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's space Cobra, it's this.
2: There is no god in this world.
0: <laughs> and I also happened to mention to them because I just thought it would be interesting. I didn't actually realize this until probably this year, actually. And something you didn't mention about Cobra. It was published in Weekly Shonen Jump, you know, like the same manga as as uh, the same magazine as Dragon Ball, Fist of the North Star. And it was from like 78 to 80 something. And I had no idea. And it was, it's a jump manga. And so that automatically kind of gives me the flavor of like, oh, the vibes and the kind of thing, the kind of storytelling they're doing and trying to fit in that magazine kind of influences some of the story material uh, and the characters and such. I just... You know seeing cobra as like a jump protagonist i thought was really interesting so kind of watching it with that perspective in mind this time around was kind of what i was going into it
1: speaking of i'm actually wearing the unique low weekly shonen jump uh, cobra shirt they did a few Let's years go. back right now it's <laughs> yeah, it is yeah, very yeah. comfortable um, yeah. and also a good shirt like most of their shirts um yeah, no, that's probably a pretty good place to get into it when you already have some level of knowledge about anime. When I first watched this film, my expectations was I didn't know anything. Um, I'd seen Golgo 13, and I think that was the only Dezuki thing I'd seen. I was in high school at the time, um, and I would just buy anime sort of sight unseen um, on Blu-ray that I thought looked neat or whatever. Um, usually anything DiscoTech would put out, I would always just get it in their sales, and my I would always bring anime over to my um, tabletop role-playing game club. Um, we would meet at their house. um On Saturdays, And then afterwards, I would force them all to watch anime. It was great. (laughs) Um, And the first time I watched it, um, I didn't really know what to get into. It just like, I don't know, he's wearing red. So it made me think of Flash Gordon. The red jumpsuit made me think of that, you know, the 1980 film. And so I I don't think I really appreciated it for what it was. I thought it was sort of of like pretty, um, even at the time, um, without the, you know, filmic literacy. um, But like, you know, kind of hard to parse what is going on. And it wouldn't be until, you know, much later. Uh, with a knowledge of Deziki's whole body of work that I could really appreciate it upon uh, revisiting, even if I still think it it has a lot of issues.
3: He is Professor Topolov, and he represents the spirit and intelligence of my home
0: planet. It's so sad Steve Jobs died of Ligma.
1: Who the hell is Steve Jobs? Ligma balls. Hmm but I was a lot more excited now, especially getting to peek at that 4K restoration. But yeah, moving into the uh, the overall thoughts portion, Austin, I'm gonna put your, your feet to the fire on this one. Shit. Um, what were your <laughs> overall thoughts on viewing uh, things that stood out to you and how the whole film holds together?
2: It's a very stylish film. Uh, at the end of the title sequence, when that window closes on the bird for 20 plus seconds, I got the impression of how the presentation would unfold from there on out. There's simulated fisheye, an overlay that represents the main character's vitals, a healing chamber that is like a kaleidoscopic organ. The main character has that charming quality where he's never too serious about what's going on. Like there's an attack orchestrated on his galaxy's sun that would kill who knows how many people. And instead of calling it like a massacre or a genocide, he cynically compares it to an advertisement. Like, Cobra himself is the best part of this film, probably more because he's the one flat character who's entertaining, more so than the fact that he's exceptionally written in this. I haven't watched the TV show or read the manga. Everybody here is kind of an open book. Um, He's just the most fun open book to read. I thought that it was very funny that the in-universe mechanics of the story allowed for a living, breathing character to have extra lives. Uh, the first time I ever saw anything like that was in the 2006 Pretty Forgotten Comedy Beer Fest. But hilariously, that frat boy movie and this anime classic have the thing in common where they both have scenes where the one-up twin tells the main character, just like, oh, just think of it like that person you lost is back from the dead. You know, that's effectively what's happening right now. I'm Landfill's
0: twin brother, Gil. If it wouldn't be too uncomfortable, I was hoping maybe you guys could call me Landfill. Sure. It would be like we never lost Landfill.
2: When Jane died, I received her love for you. And now I will love you as my sister did, and you will love me just as you loved her. The film does a good job of getting Cobra out of three romantic relationships and a hundred potentially fatal situations over the course of its 99 minute runtime. This is weird, but it did feel like it ran sort of long the first time I watched it, which is confusing. Uh, But I know it's trying to imitate old serials like Flash Gordon. And one of the pitfalls of doing that is the stakes always have to go up to 11. So there's not a very satisfying sense of progression Sometimes, But like every scene, shit is just hitting the fan and Cobra is narrowly escaping. There, there are point points in click adventure games that look like Heidegger compared to this. The movie keeps things brisk enough and the adventure as a whole takes you to some really imaginative places. I think mostly for people who are interested in old anime, uh, this would still be a good flick to recommend. But for your more casual viewers, I worry that some of the things this is trying to lovingly emulate might be sort of alien and before their time. But I did love it when Sandra told Cobra that he's the only man her army respects and then lifts him up like a small child. 10 out of 10 <laughs> moment. Back to you, Ethan.
1: Yeah, Sandra is delightful. Um, She's a bad guy in the show, too. She's the the final boss for the story arc. And just a lot of fun. And the the point about serials is honestly, um, the film this reminds me most of is um, the the Crusher Joe film um, released the, the next year in 83, which is an adaptation of a series of novels that's sort of, you know, very, very pulpy, very serialized sort of stuff that um, doesn't make the translation super neatly um, over to uh, the the film format, despite being all similarly very pretty um, and also having a very impressive sequence at a disco. Uh, Shabes, uh, overall thoughts on the film?
0: I think in my first viewing, I, I really liked it. I just don't think I liked it as much as the show, uh, only because... I think like was mentioned that being a serial it's kind of okay the string of adventures it starts to get kind of exhausting i think the the film goes absolutely buck wild like guns blazing for like the first third and it's a non-stop like completely captivating up through the first character death and the betrayal mm-hmm. and everything like that and and the organ playing and everything like that but then as soon as it gets to the ice planet i think it just is kind of like <sighs> <and it's, laughs> it coasts a lot it's still entertaining but then there's a lot more exposition that happens and there's that kind of stretch of the film that's kind of a drag and it doesn't get better on rewatches i don't think you can tell that like it's a little boring when the anime i don't know whose decision if it was Dazaki's or or Saginos, or whatever, to just have Cobra swimming in that uh, fur rug and <laughs> just doing that while she's explaining things because there's nothing be- more interesting to show on screen. It's like, all right. And, and it gets kind of. Out there, you know, and I can easily see people like uh, for example, Ben at the Sage, I hate to call people out, but um, he did a Space Metric cover review and, and obviously he tears the shit to pieces. Doesn't mention to Zaki almost at all, like one time. Oh god. Anyway, uh, but like of course scenes like that are just not are gonna be kind of a deal breaker for him, but it's it's kind of a rough patch. But man, like action comes back, Crystal Bowie comes back. For some reason, um Discotech translates it as Crystal Bowie, and then the show translates as Crystal Boy. I love Crystal Boy as a title. That's so much funnier to me, and just like <laughs> like when my friends were coming in to watch when I was watching it a third time, I would show them the bad guy, and I'm like, his name's Crystal Boy, and they're like, oh my god, you know, it's like they love that, right? It's it's kind of it's pulpy and awesome.
1: Oh, Crystal Boy no Crystal Boy. So Crystal Boy no da. ni no Crystal Boy.
2: Crystal Boy.
0: And then Bowie's okay, but I don't know. Uh, but then he shows up again and it, it scene gets instantly better. And then the kind of the rest of the movie is pretty good. I think that's my general arc with enjoying the movie. And I think but all three times I was kind of like that. I, I ultimately, I think it's better than the show, actually. I was looking back at some of the events that happened in the show and I can't remember very many of them, but maybe it's because I've seen this movie three times, but I could distinctly remember like, yeah, they fucking transport their consciousness to the next twin. <laughs> and he goes the other thing like the visuals are just more iconic I guess in the movie
1: uh, for sure I think uh, Cobra the TV series is one of the things where it works a bit better when you're when you're watching it and sort of stringing you along from episode to episode it does that very well um, I think like it, it gets you excited also it has the rug ball arc I love rug ball. And, oh I
0: love oh I love the show I'm not I'm saying the oh, arc no, in the I'm saying the arc in the show I don't think is as good
1: as the as the movie and then the oh, whole the- show like as a whole I think I prefer the show Oh, no, for sure. For sure. I just like I just like complimenting Rugball. Rug yeah,
0: I, I feel you. Rip, rip
1: that. Rip that sequel
0: that oh, they were going to do.
1: <laughs> but no. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And particularly with the pacing in the film where it kind of dips towards the center. Um, but yeah, that, that is sort of the risk of it. Um, Tim, uh, overall thoughts on the movie? Um, I mean, I guess I would
3: say, like, kind of what I was expecting, more or less right on the money. Like, I I enjoyed it. Um, I kind of agree with their points in that it's probably going to be harder to watch if you're not familiar with the anime or the manga. Having, like, that kind of preconceived familiarity with the character in the universe, definitely helps sell it a little bit better but but yeah I mean overall I since I had that familiarity I did enjoy it and i just kind of enjoyed it just as like a retelling of that arc but uh, a little bit a little bit cleaner a little bit crisper uh higher quality animation uh getting the CM fight uh Crystal Bowie was a lot of fun just like seeing him pull the rib out of himself and use it as a weapon it's just so great it's just it's just a treat for the eyes I guess I would say and like to kind of uh, comment on just, like, the 4K restoration. So I I actually, like, finally bought a 4K TV and a PS5 with uh, the Blu-ray drive last year, and uh, this was the movie that finally got me to, like, pop in a 4K Blu-ray. I've been meaning to, but this was the one that got me to do it, and, like, it looked very, very nice. Animation looked gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, Overall, I think it's a movie that you're gonna get a better experience out of it uh, with a little more familiarity with the characters in the universe but if you're going into it blind you might get some enjoyment out of it but it's probably gonna wash past you a little bit but yeah that's that's my take back to you ethan
1: no, for sure. I definitely get Like, I feel like maybe if you wanted to, like, you could show a group of people the first episode of Cobra and then this movie, because that sets up a lot of the backstory. Also, the first episode of Co- Cobra is gorgeous. Like, it's really incredible and super fun. Um, So it goes down easy. But yeah, I definitely get that larger point. And again, like what you said about the 4K restoration. Oh, boy. um, <laughs> It looks very good. But uh, my, my own thoughts on, on the film overall. Uh, I think it's messy. I think it's um, maybe one of, at times, one of Dezuki's weaker, like, feature efforts comes to mind I don't know like I feel like GoGo13 maybe I enjoy it less but it hangs together a bit better like pacing-wise narratively but it's a lot of fun. There's a certain sincerity to it. It reminds me of a lot of like uh, Franco-Belgian comics, something like Valerian um, in particular, in this really sincere way it approaches romance and the particular way it renders its very alien visuals. I would not be, be too shocked if Buichi Terasawa was reading a lot of uh, heavy metal magazine at the time, because that's that's really what it evokes in me, a lot of Moebius and that particular brand of science fiction. And I think, you know, de- Deziki, uh presents it in a way that he's trying to make it as zippy as possible um you know like make it feel like a non-stop thrill ride um doesn't quite land at times but i think the overall package is still a lot of fun and i was really happy to revisit it and in brief uh next question <laughs> thoughts on uh, cobra himself um austin sort of started dipping into this so i'll let him go last <laughs> Uh, Tim, uh, what were your thoughts on Cobra?
3: I I would say he's basically uh, your selling point for the whole franchise.
0: I must say, you're a very clever young man, Cobra. Catch you later! It's been fun!
3: For the most part, like, you got a lot of fun stuff, you got a lot of fun characters and adventures, but Cobra is really just the heart and soul of it, and like that's, that's why he's the main character because uh, he's the most interesting character. He does have that like cynical charm that Austin was talking about. He's kind of a dick, but he's a dick in a way that uh, you kind of love him for it. it just character design, uh, y- you gotta love the Psycho Gun. He's got that Mega Man uh, quality to him, that Metroid quality. If, if, if arm is gun, cool. Rudy. That's gonna wrap up uh, my statement arm gun cool back
1: to you ethan exactly i mean who as a child didn't get one of those long cardboard tubes and stuff their arm into it and pretend it was a gun dude Um, i did that as an adult
3: i work at a warehouse (laughs) and i do that with the saran wrapper all the time
1: oh hell yeah (laughs) exactly Thoughts on on the man, the myth, the legend.
0: You also put in your quote, the outline here is that how is he in terms of animation and drawn and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was reflecting on it, like what makes Cobra different from Dezaki's works in the past. And I think the, the distinguisher is this is like the first really science, like not even just science fiction, but just like really superhero kind of he can do whatever he wants and and like he's not human almost like he's human but uh you know kind of titanium bones type of thing you know (laughs) like he really does not die and so that allows uh sagino and these and the animators to just like pose the shit out of him and just like have really cool poses and have him run and leap and fly off of things and fall off, you know, like the time where he just kind of leaps off of, I think, one of the ships and just crashes without anything, just lands on the prison (laughs) and he's like, oh, and it just gets back up. Like, shit like that. He's so much more physical than any of Dezaki's other, I mean, his other protagonists are are all very physical because they're in sports or or, uh, Takarajima is also very active and constantly moving and stuff but like in Gamba but Cobra, it's it's really just like dude's a superhero they're able to kind of champion that I think and it it, it lends to itself being very wild and uh, exciting and very action-packed constantly framing him in a cool way even this you know of course his mannerisms and everything just the first shot of him being the kind of like really hunched over like this with the this lighter and things it's very the word i'm thinking of is humble i guess but he's just more just relaxed and oh this is a cool guy you know he's not taking himself that seriously as, as we've mentioned before it makes him a whole lot of fun to watch on screen i agree he's kind of the the main appeal title or character for a reason type of thing
1: i definitely agree um particularly in that um invincibility like he's he's invulnerable but unlike a, a character like golgo 13 he's still like very expressive like he still gets the shit knocked out of him every once in a while um yeah and and that's part of the joy of it is just seeing him get punched uh, just to kind of pop back up austin thoughts on uh, cobra
2: Uh, I just wanted to comment that he's flexing around like a dancer and that was that was mostly it So I guess I'm just gonna do a Hail Mary here. I've been reading online that uh his character was
1: modeled after the French actor Jean-Paul Belmondo. You are correct. Buichi um, uh, Terasawa on the uh, Space Adventure Cobra Blu-ray um, discotheque put out, um, they interview Terasawa and he says uh, point blank that he was based on Jean-Paul Bel- Belmondo. Um, and there are several other corroborating sources. He reminds me, honestly, of um, another character that Dezaki has worked on that is also based on Jean-Paul Bel- Belmondo, um, Aldin, from the 1969 film uh, A Thousand and One Nights. They're there similar Similarly kind of, kind of sleazy, but well-natured dudes um, who get in really cool fights um, and get against, the shit beat out of them. <laughs> yeah, get the, get the shit beat out of them, but pop right back up. Uh, my own fault, thoughts on the character is: I, I like him a lot. Again, like he's. he's eminently charming he's got that lupon appeal like the entire like stuff on the prison ship on uh cheeto or cito is very like C- castle cagliostro almost um when he's he's running and jumping and leaping but he, almost even more kinetic than that just every every set piece is really incredible yeah that amount of flexibility in his character like as as great as the stuff with the psycho gun um watching him in like hand-to-hand combat and just running around is one of the most like like I could just watch that on a loop all day long. And moving on to sort of the big the big question, the meat and potatoes of this movie, thoughts on the film's visuals. Shames, would you like to start us off with this one?
0: My man, God, the opening. I I have to say, like, at least the song isn't that much of a banger. I wish it was more little. It's good. It's very good, but it doesn't like, you know. Uh, <laughs> but man, yeah, it's it's gorgeous, especially like when I watched it a third time. You know, I was soaking it in, and I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. But then I rewatched it because I was showing it some other some my roommates because they came in. And I realized that it has a lot more of significance with what actually happens in the film than I realized. Like, you know, the whole prison thing with her and the little orb and the two of the, the that really iconic shot of the, the two halves sliding against each other. It's you know, they're sharing a, that consciousness. This just had a lot more than I realized, which was just like, oh yeah, that's that's so cool. But I, I I'm distracted by how gorgeous it is. Probably my favorite shot. Oh my god, there's too many. But and also, like, I would say that like the part of the reason I think that that snow section kind of dips a little bit is that he's not going as hard, in my opinion. But like the animation's going awesome. It's like they're kicking ass. But like kind of the most distinct and cool thing that he does directorial wise is that shot with her continuing her monologue. She talks so much in that section. But there's that point where she's in the cave and it's reflecting in different places. And there was like the postcard memory or harmonies, like in the ice thing and the bounce moving and as it's talking in different, mm-hmm. like that was great. I loved that. And then the rest of it, he wasn't being as flashy in my opinion but um, my favorite that especially stuck out with me in this current, this recent viewing was Crystal Boy's defeat and getting split up in half like that and then because he's in half, he's like resting in this pool of his blood or, or like the pool of water and stuff and so there's the shot where it looks like it's his whole face but it's half and it's on the just with the reflection like you got to be kidding me dude like that like that's incredible (laughs) (laughs) and some of the transitions too oh my god some of these transitions it's like i think my roommate walked in on one of them and he's like what and i'm like yeah yeah he does that it's
1: just, just does whatever god it's so cool Oh, for, yeah, for sure. The stuff with um, Crystal Boy at the end. I actually, I did make a note, too, of that um, cave scene just because I thought it was so cool. Not just because they, they do stuff with, like, reflections and, like, multiple perspectives, yeah. like, um, on the yeah. computer monitors. But the fact that they did it with the postcard memories, specifically, with those really rendered illustrations from the art department, um, really blew me away. But, yeah, it's, it's hard not to discuss about um, Desikyuki and Tsukino and company's uh, really great work here. Shichiro um,
0: Kobayashi backgrounds? Yeah, the, back, the, the, big
1: all the background. Big three? Out. Let's go. Tim thoughts on the film's visuals. It adapts like that arc of
3: the show, and I think getting to see it in this like just kind of bigger budget uh, version, uh, you, you definitely like get a lot more out of the animation in it. It looks very gorgeous. I'm very glad that I got to watch it in 4K.
0: What you said about the bigger in scope, it reminded me to fucking I didn't even fucking realize it until this third re re uh, thing. There's a scene where that you know Cobra has his turtle, uh, his spaceship. Under a graveyard, and I'd, and for some reason I forgot that that's also in the show. But in the show, it's just a very typical looking graveyard. It looks nice, but it's just like what you expect for a graveyard. The <laughs> fucking movie is like this big tower and this giant fucking thing, and these they're walking down the steps and they have to paraglide down. It's it's wild. It's <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yeah, you're right. The entire yeah. scope is so elevated from that from the from the show. Like getting getting to see this
3: in this restoration, like it almost felt like a theatrical experience. Like I'm sure people were able to watch it in the theaters when it like first was released in Japan. Like that had to have been like uh, a really nice a uh, visual experience. Uh, I, I kind of like the moments where it gets more ethereal, but the action is also just very fun to watch the fight with cobra and crystal bowie i do love just seeing him stab him and then blast the rib through him like that's such a big fuck you final smash move i would definitely recommend watching this in the highest resolution on the biggest screen possible back to you, ethan
1: yeah it's it, it feels like a big big deal movie and you know looks the part and God, yeah, that finale with Crystal Boy is so satisfying. Um, everybody in this movie dies. So cool. Austin, uh, your thoughts on the film's visuals.
2: Well, one thing, speaking of this film as it had to have been seen as a projection back in the 80s, uh, one thing that helped the perceived 80s-ness of this movie was the presence of certain shots that are essentially there to be light shows. Like, to a lesser extent, like Jane's blood and the high-key lighting on the side of the pillar thing, but to a much greater extent, turtles navigating computers computer when Cobra and uh, Lady Armorite are on their way to Miros. Just shots that would have looked nuts in a room where this is being projected. And I- I'm not versed enough in animation vocabulary to pick up on anything too clever, so I've got to resort to pointing out some of those, like, Dezaki things where anime Im- uh, imitates live action. Like, when Jane and Cobra are running from her apartment and there's the sort of shaky cam effect. Getting the positioning and the easing on those drawings correctly must've been a cool process because they didn't fucking have motion tracking, I don't think. I know how I'd do it, I have no idea how they do it. There's heavy use of parallax, depth of field on shots, one weird Westworld style mosaic effect in the opening credits that was sort of baffling to see in the 4K thing because you just don't expect it coming. It's a great looking adventure that utilizes a lot of gimmicks. And it makes the first Gundam movie look terrible by comparison. That's you, Ethan.
1: <laughs> well, the fuck? The first Gundam movie was TV and <laughs> the shade. Encounters the in shade. Space! <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Encounters in Space looks a lot better, I swear.
0: <laughs> no, I, haven't I haven't seen. I, I've heard. I've heard Yasuhiko loves that movie, so
1: I, I trust him. It's great. It's the one with that's not just TV animation on a big screen. That's But, <laughs> but no, no. Your larger points. Um, I I definitely 110 get behind. Yeah, the the various isms that like shaky cam stuff. Um, his his triple takes. I love the effect when he not only does like the triple take, but he like it's in the same scene. Like he repeats the same sequence of animation, but layers it over each other. I, there's something about it. it's just Спасибо like really drives the impact home which which is the intent. He achieves what he's going for. And the lighting effects like you said like that's that's a big Dezaki is in the parallax thing. What's wild about the the parallax thing is that's like a Dazaki signature and that came from him on Nobody's like just sort of uh, necessity being the mother of invention he was when he was making Nobody's Boy Remy they wanted to make it a 3D series like anaglyph 3D on TV yeah. and yeah. so he had to do like uh, the parallax scrolling because that was the best way to do a 3D effect <laughs> at the time. The first um,
0: episode goes way too hard. They did, like, ten sequences of parallaxing. I had one of my patrons mention that, like, he was watching it with his mom and they got, like, motion sick. <laughs> oh, <it's-
1: laughs> Oh, early on didn't. it's almost distracting um <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but like it, it like it eventually it evens off and oh boy it, it's really really good i respect um, the shit out of it for it good lord oh yeah and even like even after they dropped the the 3d um and stuff like layering computer monitors and that sort of thing yeah. i don't know why like like computer readouts in front of people that's always a, a really neat thing to me it just makes everything feel a lot more real um without more like animation frames gosh um in terms of my own thoughts like there's um on uh on cedo everything with water looks so good because yep. then he gets to play with reflections yeah. um he's absolutely gorgeous when they're fighting the skeletons i really love the sequence of a cobra firing his gun yeah the way it flashes and lights up uh the dark so good so good oh the way everyone dies so good again yeah. um uh yeah. jane's death I really like, um, like that's very a very Utna finale kind of death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sandra's death sucks. Although um, although Snow Gorilla's death sucks. I just want to mention that. I really, I really hate how they're treated in this movie. Probably the, the one of the weakest parts of it. But um. Uh,
0: oh, the women die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Actually, actually, uh, I think one of my roommates they were like, she's like, yeah, Dominic, she's running away and like she gets stabbed. And my one of my roommates was like, does any of Cobra's girlfriends survive? And I'm like, ah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can go to the TV series if you want that. But um, <laughs> Dominique's death, though, though, is really cool. Like, it's the way it's framed. Like, it, it feels powerful. It feels impactful, um, the way Crystal Boy's um, skewers yeah, despite
0: her. Not be despite not being characterized all that well, because the, the her entire screen time, she's just talking. She's mm-hmm. talking and expo- expositing the whole time. I'm like, please, please give us something. And she just keeps talking. But then, yeah, that last scene, you you actually, like, she's running, and you hope she gets away. Way. and then s- somehow you're like no and like when she gets stabbed i'm like wait when did i start caring about this character how <laughs> how did he do that
2: just and now that's,
1: oh, unreal yeah. yeah like just the way that cobra sort of like fails to do the thing he's trying to do um yeah. To, yeah. like like you can it allows you to sort of empathize with again sort of like a charming character but a fairly flat one which is Good. If your cinematography and your framing and layouts are good enough that it can it can really elevate the narrative um, at points in that way, then you're you're making a good narrative. Um, you're, doing you're doing a good job. Doing, yeah, you're, you're doing t- a job with layout. T- <laughs> Final thoughts on the film. Who do I want to go first? Who who who? Tim.
3: You know what, guys? I'm gonna say it. Movie good. Damn!
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we got, got him. him. <laughs> awesome.
2: Tanner's not even here And we still got that It's so good Alright If you're in the mood To watch a total horn dog Get wrapped up in a galactic romp This has all the basic ingredients Needed to keep you occupied For a while Uh, The presentation is noteworthy For the time that it came out Mostly thanks to its director And a few key people Behind the staff And it's reminiscent To certain materials That inspired Star Wars If you're a big fan of the medium of animation, the 4K remaster alone makes this a must see.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, Shapes, final comments.
0: Uh, As a nod to both Cobra and Crystal Boy, dudes rock.
1: This is a very dudes rock sort of film. And yeah, I'm glad I (laughs) can share it with you guys. I I love Dezeki, it's it's no secret. Um, I've I've written far too much about him. I loved getting to see this in 4K for the first time. it's really gorgeous and just getting being able to discuss it. Um, you guys was a treat, getting shapes on was incredible. And speaking of shapes, do you have anything you'd like to plug or any, any final stuff on your end yeah i mean i I,
0: plug, I talked about all my stuff there's the two channels i assume in description or, or wherever you put that stuff um yeah. and on my channel you know i did like a month-long Dazaki series where i talked about it and, and there's a lot of footage from cobra both the tv series and the movie just giving these you know you've, you've talked about it one, one so i appreciate the the uh the call outs for that um but yeah i mean if you're interested in more Dazaki stuff there's that. If you uh, haven't seen any of his works, I think this is a decent one to start with.
1: Yeah, just got to repeat it as much as possible. Really drill it into the viewer listener's head. They should check out other people's work. Uh, speaking of uh, viewers like you... Thank you. For those of you on YouTube, um, make sure to like, uh, leave a comment uh, to boost us in the algorithm or whatever. I don't know. Um, But like the video, subscribe. If you like seeing more videos like this, if you would like to see slash listen to an uncensored version of this podcast, um, we have Spotify video where you'll be able to hear all the, uh, the fucks. And uh, be sure to leave a high rating on that, um, whichever podcatcher you do use, whether it be Spotify Video or any other platform. And if you would like to give us money uh, to continue making content like this, um, if you would like to to help feed a hungry Austin who puts in an entire work week for every episode um, to make it um, obscenely good, then feel free to uh, give us some cash on the Patreon if you um, subscribe to our $10 tier. Uh, We'll put your name in the credits. Edo. And next time... Be sure to pack your parka, snowshoes, petri dish, and plenty of gasoline as the bomb squad travels to the Mountains of Madness to find out just who goes there with John Carpenter's 1982 SF horror masterpiece, The Thing.
3: Hosted by me. Poggers. Hosted by Tim. That's right, boys. I'm doing another horror cast.
1: Oh! Yo, peace. Thanks for having me. See you later, Space Cobras. Farewell. Farewell. I just like complimenting Rugball because Rugball owns...